Welcome to the Euphoric Sex and Love Podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Marie. I'm a sexuality and intimacy expert and tantric practitioner. Join me to explore everything to do with love, relationships, sacred and tantric sexuality, sensuality, and step into a world of epic pleasure. Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about dating as a single professional and I'd like to welcome Kate. How are you going Kate? I'm pretty good, just um, uh, relaxing on my weekend. I've um, had some quiches so I'm in a good state of mind to do this now. I was a bit nervous to be honest. <laughs> Amazing. So how have you found dating as a single professional since your separation? Um. You know, just being really honest because it's just easier that way. It's it's pretty challenging. Like there have been fun dates and good experiences, and I suppose every experience is a learning experience. But uh, it hasn't always been easy. And I just want the women listening to know that you're not alone if you're having a lot of really um, surprising, unusual, sometimes shocking and disturbing <laughs> disturbing experiences. Um, I know from speaking to my other friends because there's actually a few of them that are on the other side of having been separated that there's a lot of a range of experiences that people have um, and you're not alone having those um, just really surprising experiences sometimes. And what are the experiences that you've had that Um, surprised you? I'm sort of surprised and I don't want to sound um, not compassionate or not understanding, but there's just, I mean, it's kind of like if you picked up the phone book and dialed any random number and you're meeting people, I suppose it depends how you meet them. Like being honest, I've met them online and now I think that's how, especially in the pandemic, most people are meeting. You meet just a range, like there are some some nice guys out there. There are some really um, people that ask a lot of just strange things of you. Um, I, I think, and you and I spoke about this, I went on a date once with a guy, we were a couple of dates in and he was literally like, can we, can we do, I mean, nothing wrong with these things. I'm not trying to judge the past judgment, but the way he was asking was very demanding. He was saying, oh, look, I thought by now we'd be doing anal. Okay. If you don't want to do anal, can we go on this app called the third and find someone for a three-way? And then he said, okay, well, if you don't want to do that, can you give me some money to invest in my business? So (laughs) you just get surprising questions where, I mean, not to sound judgmental, but things that are just things you would never ask of someone. Do you know what I mean? And you just don't even know how it can pop into this person's head to ask those things of you. So you do meet some people that, that will ask you all kinds of things or project all, all of their issues about their ex onto you. And, and probably I've done that too, but it's it's just, it's a little bit harder, the dating, I think, after people have been separated, we're a bit older, you know, in your twenties, you're, I think you're a little bit less, I don't want to say jaded, but nothing much has, not nothing's happened to you, but you haven't had those same experiences. And I mm. guess hurts as when you've been, with someone married for a long time, might have had children, then back out on the dating scene, it's it is really daunting. And then you do unfortunately have those experiences that that are pretty um pretty well, way out that seem pretty way out until you talk to your friends and they've had similar experiences. Do you think that people are behaving badly because it's online? They feel like more confident to ask these types of things. I don't know if it's because it's online or just because there's. It's not even so much dating, like maybe they'd be like that in the business world or maybe they'd be like that with their friends or their family. Maybe there's just a lot of different types of people out there. But I do feel that dating has changed since my uh, my 20s when I was, before I was married. I feel like then it was a bit more, um, I don't know, less 
I didn't have quite so many of these really full-on experiences, but um, uh, I mean, you had similar experiences with guys that are a bit flaky, guys that don't organise dates and things. That that was a problem then. I think that's still a problem now. But just the really shocking requests, like give me this, give me that, give me money. Um, uh, you know, people are very forward. Like there was a guy I was chatting to once um, and, you, you know, he said something to me like, oh, I'm a really intimidated, you're professional and you've got um, a child and that intimidates me. And I just said, okay, no worries, good luck then like good luck dating, obviously I'm not for him. And then he went back, oh, but I still want to see you, but just your um, just your body, not your emotions. <laughs> so dehumanising. So you do get this just really, and, and, you know, it depends on your own mental state. Like you could take that really badly, get really offended, or you could just brush it off and be like, oh, well, that's obviously his problem. So I think you need to be pretty in a good state yourself, like pretty strong to kind of withstand the online dating scene. Um, yeah. Yeah, you need to be pretty strong and you need to have some reserves. And if you're going through your own stuff with your divorce or being a single parent or your career is really busy and demanding as mine is, sometimes you don't always have those reserves. And then things that that maybe if you'd ha- you know, you're in a better state, you could brush off the seam can get really upsetting, especially if there's one ex- bad experience after the other. It can kind of knock you sideways a little bit. So um, it's good to have support from your friends and people you yeah. can reframe it and laugh with about it. Well, they also could be quite intimidated by by you, by, you know, your career, by having a child if they don't have children. There's all those factors as well. Yeah, I mean, it could be, I don't know what, what drives it, but um, whether it's the guys are intimidated or whether or not there's just, um, yeah, men, men behaving badly. I mean, I have one recently and look, he was quite a nice guy in other ways, but he sort of, he double booked me, like, we only went on three dates and on the second date he's, he's like I've got to go at eight I've got to see this friend and then on the third date you know he took me out to dinner and that that's really nice and stuff but then at the end he said I've got to go I've got to meet a friend and it was like 11 or 11 30 and he knew I'd booked a nanny um for my child and stuff so like I could stay out late I, that's what I told him and so I sort of booked a nanny and I maybe didn't need to like it just they it can be kind of sort of frustrating there's a lot of that like there was this guy I once nearly would try to date whenever even got to date and twice he cancelled on me and and I booked a nanny both times and so I lost like 100 because I didn't want to cancel a nanny that's a bit unfair at the last minute so I spent like 200 on nannies and never went on a date with this guy so there's a lot of those and then he tried to he's tried to keep coming back into my life since then and I just won't see him because it's like you've already cost me 200 in nanny fees there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff like that that's frustrating um I think a lot of guys maybe the ones who don't have children don't realize the level of planning and stuff that goes into um yeah going on a date you know when you're working yeah. with your parent or even just one of the two you know and so what do you think men need to learn about women in general uh what men need to learn about women um i mean what my in my experience i think a lot of and this might sound a bit sexist but i think a lot of women do want a guy who will take charge you know pursue them a little bit organize a date not in sort of a caveman sense, but they might say, oh, what do you like? Do you like Thai or do you like you know, Asian or Italian or whatever? And they go, okay, I know this great place. Do you like Italian? What about this? Is this a good, um, could, could we meet, you know, near the city? Does that work for you? And then like book a restaurant. If a man can do that, he's head and shoulders above 95% of the guys online. <laughs> and it just shows the level of, I suppose, effort, planning um, yeah. as well. They're, they're, they're kind of excited about the date, that they want to, that they've invested some time in it. And the opposite of that is, yeah, guys that flake out, guys that cancel, guys that have double book you to see their friends at 11 p.m. at night, all those sort of things are a real put off. 
Um, and they're things that probably, I mean, the only thing, the other good, th- there's some challenging things from my 20s to first now, but one of the good things is as you get older and you've been through a marriage and have more life experience, you don't put up with that that crap as much. <laughs> so in your 20s, yeah. you could have kind of kept dating that guy. Oh, he's double booked me. What? Oh, that's a bit annoying, but I'll just double book him as well and see my friends. And, and you know, now you're kind of like, oh, no, thanks. Bye. Next like you do move on. You don't have the same FOMO you had in your 20s, I think. I, I think now it's more like you don't want to waste time because you've got so little time with someone who's making you feel not great about yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's important to have like a real sense of self and self-esteem and self-love because of these types of experiences. Yeah, I can actually really knock you about. Like if you had one experience with another, like a guy who kept cancelling and a guy who said, I just want to see your body, not your emotions. Then you have a guy who just wants your anal and your money. Then you have a guy who wants, you know, if it's one after the other after the other, you can start to feel really worthless if you really take that on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, yeah, kind of all those messages they're giving you are you're worthless, I mean, you're not worth my time, I want to double book you so I can maximise my time, um, oh, I'll just keep cancelling on you, don't really care that you booked an Annie. Like if you took it on really to heart and as to take it on about you and not them and if you kept seeing those guys and giving them more and more chances, you would start to feel really bad about yourself, I think. So you've just yeah. got to cut them off straight away. That would be my opinion. Maybe that's yeah. Do you think that women are tolerating this? Is that I think why they, they do. Because I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I think I tolerated a lot of this crap in my 20s. And mm. you know, there's been one or two times even since my separation, I've probably tolerated things I shouldn't. Like maybe that guy, even giving him the two chances and, he, you know, the $200, the, the nanny twice being, you know, cancelled was too much, you know, or the guy who double walked me. I guess, you know, you've got to, it's a balance. Like you don't want to completely cut someone off too quickly. I gave him two chances and then I cut it off. And then he was kind of saying, I've cut it off too soon. He kept he kept sending me messages saying you've jumped the gun. And I kind of thought, I don't think I have. Like you've done it twice now, like the double booking, you know, like maybe the first time let it go, second time, no, you've done it again. So I just think that, I mean, clearly the way these guys that I found are treating me, to me it seems that either they haven't got the messages from the women that it's not acceptable, either that's because the women keep dating them or maybe women just ghost them and just don't tell them the reasons why. Not that they have to, and I don't always tell guys the reasons why either. Mm. Um, but they're somehow not getting the messages that this is unacceptable. And to be fair, maybe women are also doing horrible things to guys dating, and I have heard a lot of horror stories from my male friends. So yeah. men, if there, there are, I mean, probably more women listening to this, but if there are men listening, I don't, don't feel that I'm saying that women are nice and men are horrible. I don't know what the experiences of men, like hetero men are d- about their dating, but I like, I know a bit about it from my male friends, but I probably haven't lived it. Um, and I know a number of male friends have mentioned that women ask them for money explicitly online, a lot of stuff like that, which again, that would make you feel really worthless if that kept happening again and again, and you, you took it on. Yeah, of course. So there are, it just sounds like there's a lot of exploitative opportunistic people in the world um Mm. so you just need to be careful and not give them all your trust straight away they have to earn it so i mean what are you looking for exactly in like this in the dating pool (laughs) i know do you know what's funny it's so mean i said to i shouldn't say this i said to one of my friends i was texting them and i said you know i was saying something i said if i said i I took a break from online for a while and i said look i just need a break from online i just said i just feel like if i find a guy who's not a sociopath has hygiene and can spell. That's like they're in the top. They're in the top five percent of online. And then I just thought, oh gosh, I can't. So no, no, no. I mean, basics, yes. Like can spell, has hygiene, doesn't have a criminal record. 
um, gives lots of cuddles. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but higher level things would be what I'm looking for. I mean, I think I'm looking for connection, you know, yeah. on many levels, like conversation, you know, uh, can, uh, connection with conversation, ideas, um, someone who doesn't mean you're the same in ideas. Maybe it's like you are a bit different and you challenge each other, but the conversation's really engaging obviously chemistry and spark that could be being honest and I think that's often lacking probably you know probably not not just from mine but from there and like I think often if I don't feel a spark I mean probably the guy doesn't either there just isn't that mutual that spark between us you know yeah yeah so I just mean that spark in general is rare even just the chemical physical spark is rare so mm. chemistry connection physically emotionally mentally um those are the things that I'm that I'm looking for but finding connections difficult and then and then you might have connection but then there's compatibility like you might feel this sort of gravity to someone or a connection with someone but can they meet what you need are they emotionally available are they not emotionally available do they even have time like I was dating a guy who I think I had a really strong connection with but he he literally only had first it was like three hours a week then it's like three hours a fortnight then it's like we were trying to meet up again recently and for six weeks he's not been available <laughs> like you can't date someone who's not even casual no. available yeah. once every six weeks so that's what I mean and, you, and so we had a connection and there also was levels of compatibility like with conversation like our personalities I think were quite compatible but then there's not lifestyle kind of compatibility like this person's got one day two every two months free that's not compatible with your what you're no so there's no. a lot of things or you might find someone who has all the time in the world and they're a nice person, but then you might not have the connection with them or the spark. So getting, I mean, no one's going to be perfect and I'm far from perfect too, but getting someone who it's enough that you want to see them, that it's enjoy, that that you want to keep going with that journey of getting to know them and them getting to know you, that's pretty rare, I think. Mm, I agree, yeah. What do you think the guys that you're, or guys in general, what do you think they're looking for? Do you think they're aware of what they're looking for? I don't think that many people, I mean, men and women, I don't really know that anyone, look, I mean, people are looking for things. Like they might have a checklist, like I want someone who's this or that or pretty or, or yeah, again, good conversation or good sex or whatever it is. But then people have a checklist, but then in the end, that checklist can sort of change. I think it's sort of, you know, you don't date a checklist, you date the individual person. So mm. it's, it's kind of what you feel in that, in that situation. I don't know. So it's, I mean, I think that, yeah, guys, I think they're obviously swayed by physical appearance at first. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably being like humans, like being understood, um, feeling a connection as well, I would imagine, is something that's important to them. I don't know. So, I mean, that's it. What, do you, what do you think, Madeline? You work with a lot of clients. What are men looking for? Well, in my experience, I've found that they don't really know. They're not really sure. They're, they're just for. hoping that something clicks and they they have a connection but I have yeah they're not sure if they want a casual relationship or, or or a relationship I feel like they're kind of in between yeah but do you know what I mean I think to be fair a lot of people are and in a way maybe that's not a bad thing because like I know for me when I've been dating and I've said to guys what are you looking for and if they go just I, I'm really looking for a girlfriend. Then you sort of wonder, like, well, do they actually like you, or are they just trying to find someone to fit that mold? Yeah, you know, it's better. I mean, you don't want to date a guy who's like, I'm close to having a girlfriend. You know, no matter you could be the best girl in the world, but and suitable to them, but you're, then you're never gonna, it's never gonna go anywhere because they just want casual only. That's also a bit of a put off. But when someone's a bit open, at least 
then it allows kind of what's real to kind of unfold if there is something there. Um, and exactly. that, that's so I think to me that's what appeals to and but there's not crazy pressure because I would feel pressure like if a guy was like there was a guy I met and he kept messaging me going you know why don't you want to see me and I, I want to see if we're compatible for a serious relationship and like we hadn't even met so that's a little mm. bit daunting for someone you know yeah definitely yeah because then you think it's not even about me and you and how we connect you're just looking to find someone like you'll fit a square peg into a round hole if it just to be have a girlfriend, you know. Like, you know, so you want things, you know, you, you want to find someone, but you want things to be real as well. Mm. Just, they'll grab anyone to fit the role of their girlfriend. So yeah, that's why. I mean, I think that's fair enough. What you say that men are open to, they don't know if they want casual or serious. Or I, yeah. I mean, I sort of relate to that too myself. Like, I'm not gonna. It'd be nice to find someone, but I'm not gonna force it. You know, if it wasn't a right fit, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just be like, you're my boyfriend now if I didn't feel that they yeah. were. If I didn't look at them and feel like you're my man, like I you're I want you, like you're I'm proud of you, I want to be with you. Like if I didn't feel that level of commitment, I wouldn't be just labeling them my boyfriend just to be, to have a boyfriend. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people aren't really being authentic to themselves. Mm. What and, and what do you mean by that? Like what do you find with your coaching? Like, do you mean it's in they're pretending to be other people online or what, what do you mean yeah they're pretending to be other people they're pretending they want something and then when things get real then they usually jump ship that is so true I've had a number of experiences like that where often it's the men that pursue quite hard at the start and mm. they, they, they like got this fairy tale and they take you to this great restaurant and they'll do this and they'll say you know um I want to develop something deeper. I'm ready to fall in love. Like they can come off on quite romantic. They can actually be in some ways more romantic than women at the start, like quite full on. And then, yeah, and then when there's a problem, like you suddenly go, well, this isn't actually working for me or I'm really upset that you've done this or, you know, you said that um, you really, you want me to feel safe and secure and you're really pursuing me like a 100 messages a day but you don't actually have time to see me. Like if there's a bump in the road, they suddenly freak out and often they'll either then ghost you or they'll they'll withdraw a lot. They'll retreat. Um, they won't want to work through that problem. Um, that that will come up quite a quite a bit, you know. Um, so I'm finding that inconsistency. Like they can come on quite strong, and then they can kind of vaporize. So <laughs> there's a lot of ghosting. Yeah, because they don't want to deal with the realism, you know, like feelings that that might come up. Uh, or traumas that might come up or whatever comes up they just want to like the ideal of the the fantasy of like being in love rather than the reality romance and not the real the realism (laughs) yeah because that's not really what it's about I know but the thing is like I often find that if you can work through those things you'll get closer you can get deeper like there's a lot of reward at the other side of that you know but yeah, you, if people want to work through it, and I feel like a lot don't want to work through it and just want to have, like, the fantasy or the sex and then uh, not the in-between things that make a relationship great. That is so true, and it is all those in-between things. And I've had so many experiences with that. You know, I met a guy who kind of pursued me, not online, but actually through Instagram, and he said, I think I like you. And he was sending me, like, it sounded like 30 messages, and I hadn't responded originally. I just thought, oh, God, she's crazy. And then eventually we went out to dinner, um, you know, he took me to one of my favourite restaurants. We had, we had a pretty good time chatting, um, went on a couple of dates, you know, he came over um, and then I, I was questioning him about something 
to do with his last relationship because it was sort of like they were still married, I think, but they were, Pete said they weren't. or And he sort of misrepresented how religious he was. Not that I've got, like, someone can be religious, but I just felt like there were things that were not adding up in his story and I just wanted to know a bit more about it. And I did say, well, what about this? Or, I mean, I wasn't angry or anything, but I just said I want to know a bit more and this isn't quite adding up. And then he completely freaked out and just said, I don't want to see you anymore at all, da 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 um, and said some quite harsh things to me, like said, we're not sexually compatible, but we hadn't even had sex actually. <laughs> so I've never yeah. had a guy who I haven't even slept with say we're not sexually compatible. It was like something he just said harsh to sort of wound me to kind of cut it all off. Yeah, because it, it yes, yeah, it's horrible. And, and that can be quite traumatic. And, you know, especially to people who are like me separated and you might have all kinds of sexual confidence issues and then someone says we're not sexually compatible and you think does that mean that I'm not hot or what does that even mean? You don't really know what that means. And then, and then, you know, he would, but then he's tried to pop up since then. And he's like, you're really cute. And I just said, I thought you said we're not sexually compatible. <laughs> and then he said, no, no, I made a mistake. And I'm just like, that's just not going <laughs> to cut it. They, so they always, that's the thing I'd say. They will, they sort of chase you intensely. Then you might challenge them and they run away. Then they'll vaporize ghosts. Then they'll try and reappear, resurrect <laughs> like zombies. And then you're just not interested. That's often the cycle I find. And they yeah. think that you're just going to wait for them and be interested in the next X months and want to date them again. It's just very strange to me. Well, because they're focusing on the wrong thing. Like the, the attraction is there, but they don't want to work through the other things that are important that solidify, you know, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, people want to avoid that because it's difficult. Mm. No, and it is, and that stuff is difficult. Like yeah. I agree it is difficult. I mean, I guess that's just how you work out because in the past, like before when I was in my 20s, say, I probably wouldn't have confronted so many things. I wouldn't have probed, asked so many probing questions. So maybe like that relationship, for example, would have lasted longer. And so in a way you, you might say, well, that's better. You would have got get, got to stay in the relationship. He was taking you to nice dinners. We were having a good time. But then I'm like, well, is it better? Because it's like maybe it's better at flushing out like separating the what is the wheat from the chaff or whatever like you can you can let them kind of walk themselves out the door and they'll show who they really are you know when you challenge them exactly Um, you know and if and they might pass the test and be like even if it's not perfect they might go look this is uncomfortable for me but I'm going to sit through it with you and talk it through you know and then you go okay all right you're worth my time or then if they run away and try and ghost you or just dump you because you ask one challenging question and they're obviously not right um, so you can shy away from asking those challenging things, but then, and, and you might get to date them longer, but then who are you really? Is it worth while you're t- worth your time anyway? Not at all. I feel like I'm churning through them a bit faster this, this time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because, good. yeah, because I do push for things more. If something's uncomfortable or there's something I'm, it doesn't feel right. I, I mean, I'm not there to make trouble, but if something doesn't feel right, I will ask about it. And I, I mightn't have done that when I was younger in my 20s yeah. like, I'm too old for this like <laughs> I'm too old now for this like and and just to sort of have all these things that are worrying me and not say them I'm, I'm too old for that now and I've been through too much you're weeding out the things that don't work for you and the ones that are true will stand the test exactly and that's the way to think about like you're not missing out on anything like I could have been that's really sad and it is sad in a way like that guy's dumped me or whatever but then what are you actually missing out on like of course you're going to be sad and you, you know you can't deny your feelings about it but at least you've seen their true colours and without, you know, and not through two years in. Exactly. So what are some good experiences that you've had? Yeah, I've had some good experiences. Yeah, I've had some good experiences. So, um, 
you know, like I had a, there's been, there was a guy that I was seeing, like we weren't really officially a couple, but it was on and off. And I was seeing him, you know, after my separation and um, up until recently, again, it was on and off. There were times we were together, times we weren't. Uh, but we were always friends though through all of that and we still are friends. Um, and, you know, when he left recently, he said to me, um, you know, because I was saying to him, oh, because you do, like you've got all this, like I'm, I said to him, I'm, I was crying and I said, I've got it going through so much with my separation and everything. And he said, look, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm here. I'm with you. And I was like, mm -hmm. you're, you're going into state. You're about to move into state because we always, always knew he was going. And he said, yeah, I'm going. He goes, but if you ever need to speak, just call me. I'll take your call. If I can't, I'll call you back as soon as I can. It's like, I'm still with you. I back you. You know, we can talk anytime. Like I'm a phone call away. And that just touched me so much. Like, even though there's no future, even though we've agreed to go our separate ways, even though we were never officially a couple and he were, we were lovers, he were also friends. And it's that he sees me like as a human, you know, like he sees my humanity and we appreciate each other and what we're both going through and what was a really hard time for both of us in the last little bit, the last year or so. Um, and just to know that someone actually cares about you just person to person even though it's might not be going anywhere as a couple, but they just still care about you as a person. To me, that really touched me, you know. Um, yeah, it sounds like someone that is also very in touch with their own emotions and able to express that and be comfortable with it. Yeah. I think, that so. I think so. Like and able to say it and able to sort of, you know, like for me, and that wasn't a perfect dynamic. Like we had some issues as well you know throughout and that's why sometimes we were not together not that we were ever officially together but we didn't see each other for a while at times yeah um and I've had a lot of those other dating experiences but um that guy as well like for me he really kind of rehabilitated or kind of gave me back feeling sexy and beautiful and confident and loved and adored and you know when he would look at me and be like you're so beautiful and like touch my hair and kiss me and that having that someone who adores you romantically physically sexually I think is really restoring for sometimes not that all women have travel this path who separate, but a lot of women who separate, they have like there are sexual issues or they might feel less confident or, oh, I'm not as in good shape as I was the last time I dated in my 20s or, oh, now I've, you know, I've had a child, my body's not as good, my, my you know, the my boobs have sunk a couple of centimetres or whatever it is, you know, they yeah. might just be because our society is so youth worshipping they might feel like they're lesser because they're not as young, you know, or as and not mm. as Instagrammably hot, right? But yeah. when you have a man like look at you with that love and desire, I think that's that's really healing, you know. Absolutely. And there is a lot of focus on the physical and not the emotional and spiritual. Mm. And it is really about because with this guy, right? So we as time went on, so I put on a bit of weight in COVID, he put on a bit of weight. We both like objectively, like I was saying to him, I was like, I put on like like five, 10 kgs. He's like, Oh yeah, I put on 10 kgs. But the sex was just getting better and better. And so it was funny. It was like um it was like we were getting fatter and probably objectively less hot, but we're having better sex. So at some <laughs> point you don't see each other with your eyes, you see each other like with your heart. I know it sounds a bit corny. Yeah, yeah, like what you're feeling for each other. What you're yeah. feeling, like they could be out of shape, they could be whatever, but you'll still be like more attracted than ever to that person because you're just attracted to them. Well, yeah, that's what matters. But that's rare. So even finding that kind of level of connection, like 
that's probably only been one since my separation, which would be that lover that I had, where it's that real connection where you, you feel like you're really friends, you're really lovers, you care about them, they care about you. Connection, and I guess it's good you get these things even if it's not a mm. boyfriend, like he wasn't technically a boyfriend. You know, my friends never even met him, I didn't meet his friends, we were just yeah. in a little bubble, right? But you can take bits of things, like I'd like something like that, but then for it to be more like I feel like my life is with that other person and I want to kind of combine our lives more you know like more like a couple so if I could have that feeling of the way I felt about that lover but then more sharing other parts of our life that you know so you can kind of take bits from different things and and you start to see what you might like to have next yeah it is hard to know because often people who are separated they've had relationships that in different ways really obviously probably didn't work yeah then you're trying to go well I'm going to start this whole journey again back to square one and who am I going to find this time and, and you do compare a bit to your ex like I've been on a few dates and I thought you know it may have ended badly with my ex but at the first few dates he was way better than this guy if this guy's already worse than my ex why would I hate <laughs> him you know like why would I go backwards exactly. so it does raise that bar a little bit where you go oh well I you know if they're worse than your ex-husband like your ex-husband was treating you better on date four than this guy is on date four and he's already dropped the ball, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to keep dating them. Like you do have all these different comparisons. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just the way your mentality is, I think, after divorce and dating again. Well, I guess, you know, you know your your standards and what your expectations are as well. So it gives yeah. you that filter. And you know how things can go. Like someone can start off wanting to impress you at the start and be very charming. And then you see other sides and it can go down downhill, right? So if they're not even trying to impress you at the start and they're dropping the ball mm. from like date one, it's not, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> no, not at all. So I don't know. What do you, I mean, what do you find, Madeline? Like you're the, the, the dating, like love, <laughs> the love expert. What do, you, what do you think women are looking for and, and men are looking for? You said what men are looking for. What do you think women are looking for? Well, I think women are like relationships are a priority to women because we love love so we want connection um unfortunately a lot of women are caught up in the fantasies that we grew up with like cinderella and finding prince charming and and that that can create a lot of illusions so i feel like it's important to be real with what the reality is about relationships but yeah they're looking for love they're looking for someone that's got their back someone that's supportive and loving someone that's supportive and loving I mean doesn't everyone I think everyone wants that I mean one thing I think um and I was thinking about you know some of the things we talked about before we started filming started recording for the podcast you asked me about like the fears about dating and I do think that Mm -hmm. I think that when you're like when you're 18 19 20 you haven't I mean, you might have, but you probably haven't had a massive, well, you probably haven't had a divorce at least at 19. Mm. <laughs> so you just haven't been burnt as much, you know, and so yeah. you might have fears because there might be things from your family of origin or from that you saw with your own parents or, you, you know, that might give you fear. But it's le- less likely you'll have had as many personal experiences of relationships that will put the fear in you. But I think, it, I think you know, good on, good on anyone to get back on the horse and give it a go after getting separated or divorced because you do have fears to overcome about like who you are after the separation what you bring to the table what you might have to offer how can you even date again oh my gosh I'm a parent or I'm this or whatever you've got going on you might have less time um 
Mm. You know, again, there's all that physical stuff like you're older, like especially for women, I think, you know, you're older, you're not as, like I had a massive crisis about that. I sort of threw it now. I don't even care. But (laughs) for a while I was like, I'm older, I'm not in my prime anymore. Um, But that's okay. You might just be dating people that are a bit older. So they're all ageing with you. So. Yes, and I don't think that should be a factor. It should be about like compatibility. It should be about compatibility. You know, values. Should be. I, I do think a lot of men though they do look at the physical at first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fine to be. I think attraction is important, um, and then that needs that need that needs to acceptance. Like, yes, you're older. You're both older, so just accept that. Yeah, we're both <laughs> older. We're not, you know. You're not necessarily, I guess it's just about thinking about different ways of that you can be attractive. You know, you're not going to be taut, tight and terrific like you were at 20, you know, so, but you can still look good and, you know, as you. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of tips would you give women in preparation? Uh, it's funny. Oh, that. And men. Uh, um, if I knew the good tips, I would be applying them. I don't really know anything about them, but what I would say, what I would say, I don't know. I think don't. If you're doing online, I think be pretty selective. Only go on dates. Well, this is my new tip for myself going into dating because uh, I did take some time off from being online. I'm going to try and go back on at some point. But now I've decided I'm only going on dates if I'm really excited about the date because you often know before you go it's going to be a fizzer and you still go anyway. It's funny. So I'm only going to go if it's if I'm like if there's something about the whether it's you know, I mean, if of course there's a bit of a physical, I like their photos, they're cute, but I mean, the chat might be really good or good banter or spark even on the, the chat, or you might have had a phone call with them before meeting and really had a good good conversation and then you're excited to meet them. So there's got to be, it's like a feeling of excitement. Um, I think if I'm going in like, oh, I just better go on this date because I've got to go on like a date this week from online. Yeah. And Not because about it. No, do don't it. go. Yeah. I think don't go, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going with the feeling this time, just the gut feeling and who I'm feeling excited about getting to know. And I think just to keep it simple, the question is really, you know, especially in the early days, you know, do I want to see this person? Do I, and then I go on one date with them. After that date, really, it's like, do I want to see them again? Am I? Would I be excited to see this person again for a second date? And if it's exactly. not, I'm not, then I'm not going to. And if I am, then I will. You know, and if they fit into your life, your lifestyle, your friends, your family, all of that is kind of important as well. Yeah, I think especially obviously as time goes on, that's that's important. But initially I'd be even just am I really excited to see them again? Like would I look forward to seeing them again rather than, oh, they're ticking this box and I've got, like going it through a mental checklist kind of thing. I'm all going to be going with my gut feeling about things. Um, that, that, I don't know if that's going to work. We'll see how that this strategy goes that's the strategy I'm applying um though this time back online um definitely going with the feelings I once went on a date with a guy who at the end of the date I literally felt like unwell and I was covered in hives and so mm. I felt like that was my body yeah. rejecting the rejecting that as a prospect for me well your body never lies to you so it's important to listen to it yeah and and the weird thing was later when I played back like the conversations and things I was like that guy's really sleazy like you know, he, he was quite a lot older and he only wanted to date a lot of women who were a lot younger, like significantly mm. younger. And just a lot of the things he said bit, bit by bit, I sort of pieced together backwards. And th- so there were reasons why I broke out in hives, but I couldn't articulate it at the time. It was just by the time I got this guy out my front door, I was like covered in giant hives all over my tummy. And I just think it was because, you know, you, you, your feelings and your emotions and your body, because like there's something sus about this guy. 
even before you've logically structured what it is that is yeah that is fishy about them you know yeah and I think that's really important to like pay attention to what you're feeling your intuition and, and not use your head so much go like with your heart how does this feel to me how does this person um how does my body feel with this person and then you'll always get your your answer that way I think so I mean I know there's sometimes I've, there's been times I've dated guys and they ticked a lot of boxes. Oh, they had this good job. They did whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Like they were a good tick box kind of guy. And I'd be like, oh gosh, I don't even. I'm meant to be seeing them for this date tonight. I kind of almost wish I'd have an excuse not to go. And if you're feeling that way, you shouldn't really be seeing them. I don't. Think. No, don't go on a date because you feel you you've got nothing better to do. Yeah, time fillers. That's what I mean. No more time fillers. I think. No. If you've got time to spare and there's no good dates, like. Do something for yourself. Like I'm, you know, getting exactly. back to some of my passions and hobbies. That's yeah. probably better spent time or time with friends than an adult. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. So just maybe go on, I'm, I think, go on less dates but better quality dates with people that you really feel like. Initially it's about connection, I guess, and spark. Yeah. And, then, and then you start to think, well, am I really compatible? You know, would they fit into my life? Would I fit into their life? But none of this, yeah, but none of this kind of like I've got time to feel I know that I'm going to be semi bored even on this day, but I'll just go anyway. Like I think that's yeah, that's a that's pretty like a bit of a that doesn't feel very um no a great it's way to spend your time. <laughs> We've no, all done that fulfilling. I mean, I've done that too, but yeah, it's not it's not fulfilling. Um, so yeah, I'm looking. I think for I'm going to probably have less dates this time, but hopefully better quality dates. We'll see how we'll we'll see. I'll let you know, Madeline. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Anything Thank else you want to ask me or, or that's it? No, I think we've covered quite a lot. So thank you so much, Kate. I really appreciate your input. That's all right. Well, I hope it helps the listeners. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at Madeline Marie. You can also head over to my website, madelinemarie.co, where you can find my one-on-one coaching programs, blogs, and free practices for men, women, and couples, and join my email list. If you like my podcast, please subscribe and review, and I will keep making amazing content for you. See you soon, my loves.